and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Checking us out at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street. You can also find our Patreon info there if you want merch and exclusive content. All right. Today we're covering Season of the Witch. Because our Patreon subscribers decided we should do Summer Randos, chosen by Shutter TV. And this is what was on Wednesday, June 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Summer Randos, have me a blast. <laughs> Summer Randos, down in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> With Shudder. Right. We're just not going to get sued. Um, sometimes Cole will be pulling up on us any second. <laughs> we're going to shut it all down. We only what? said three lines. I, th- I think we're less than 30 seconds. Anyways, let's, let's get into this. <laughs> let's get into the general thoughts on this movie. <laughs> we're probably fine because I can't sing and I have no rhythm. So nobody knows what right. it was. Right. They're, they know we're not competition. Like, it's fine. Right. No, they're just like, was that a was that a Megan Thee Stallion song she's trying to harmonize on? It's like, no, it was not. Actually, it was Grease. Thank you for playing, though. I mean, um, same thing, really. I mean, it'd be a better musical. Um, I said it. I said it. Sandy, Hot Girl Summer. <laughs> Bring soccer Channing back. It's her movie anyways. True. Um, All right, your season of the witch. <laughs> General thoughts. I did not know this movie existed until Shutter TV aired it, so... <laughs> I'm happy their programmer is like on their A game with the things that I should know about. Right? I did not either. And I didn't understand what I was watching most of the time. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it is not a movie to be understood. <laughs> nope. It, it sure is not. <laughs> uh, there were quite a few shots that gave me the Love Witch vibes, which is a strong indicator of just how much that movie nailed the 70s because, like, uh, there were some so many times I was like, "This feels like something directly lifted from that." Oh. Yeah. And I told, like, I yeah, I got that too. I was like, "Oh, this is really simple," especially with like the themes he was playing with, and the yeah. storyline, and the characterizations. But uh, I preferred Love Witch. A lot of us do. We don't. We're not going to get loud about it, though. It's don't, a quiet. Don't, don't, don't tell any of the film students. They'll probably get mad at me. This is a quiet mutiny. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of into Bored Housewives getting into witchcraft, and I don't know why we don't have more of that. It's not just for young folks anymore. No, <laughs> Janice yeah. can get into it, too. Yeah, no, I liked I liked that she was a woman of a certain age. She wasn't like, it's not the craft when they're like teenagers or, you know. And I like that. Yeah, especially exploring female sexuality through the lens of an older woman. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I felt like the, some of the reasons I didn't care for this movie and I felt like the plot and characters were just all like all over the place, and like th- they lost in the battle between the style and the image and the imagery that he was using. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it's a very seventies moment. Um, the seventies, I some things were done well, but a lot of the times people were like, "Let's experiment." And so they were like weird camera angles and like over the top acting. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? I feel high. And I felt high watching this movie. (laughs) Not the good high. Uh, One thing I found out, and granted, this is not like 
I have not verified this because I have time to verify nothing. Um, but one thing that the Wikipedia has told me, oh, you know I'm a scholar. Um, <laughs> um, my unverified trivia is Romero described this as a feminist film and Season of the Witch was originally made under the title Jack's Wife with a small crew giving Romero the duties of editor, cinematographer, and screenwriter. And then the film's distributors cut out major stuff and changed it to Hungry Wives and marketed it as softcore pornography. <laughs> so those are some of the vibes you picked up. <laughs> it all makes sense. It all makes so sense. The film failed to find an audience on its initial release, though, and was re-released Season of the Witch with a little bit less porn. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin. I, my notes are ranked in order of things that I found most confusing or wild. Yeah. Um, um, so like clearly first off the bat, we got to talk about the mother getting off to her daughter having sex in the next room with the teacher. Right. And then the daughter comes in and it's like, you've been home this whole time. Right. This she house. had an attitude. This my house. She, I can be home when I want to be. Maybe don't screw your teacher. Listen, listen, listen. The night went sideways and she told him to go home and you're like, let's come back to my place and screw it out across my mother's room. And I, I this would never fly. I don't know how many parents are cool with their child, children getting nailed like across the hallway and then coming in throwing a tantrum and running away. Right. I mean, to be fair, she is an adult. Like, okay, you should know that's going to happen. But for it to be in your home while, you know, like, I don't know. And also, be embarrassed. Like, if, I, if that happened to me, like, let's say I'm expecting my parents to not be there. And something, mm-hmm. got, you know, bow chicka wow wow. And then mm-hmm. I found out they were there. I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did not yes. think you would be home. But, but also, how old is this daughter? I think she's a, I think she is an adult of 18, I think. Like freshman. Okay, because I thought I thought she was a high schooler who looked like a twenty eight year old, and I was also <laughs> like, "What's going on?" But I was like, "This is giving me porn vibes, so maybe we had to go older." Casting in this movie was odd. Like she kept calling that dude kid, and I was like, "He looks like maybe five years younger than you." Like, <laughs> let's call. And that. it was a mixed bag of talent. Let's just say that it was a yes. mixed bag of talent. <laughs> it was like a can of nuts. Some were pecans, some were almonds, some were peanuts. And <laughs> but yeah, when she was like getting off to watch, listening to the, I was, but also I was like, are you getting off? Because she wasn't really even like touching herself. She was just like, oh, rolling around in the bed, like it, again, over the top acting. But I got the message because I I unmuted myself oh. on Clubhouse and was like, is she about to do what I think she's about to do while listening to her daughter get nailed across the hallway? I was so fucking oofed out. I don't like to envision any of my parents or any of my friends' parents, for that matter, in a sexual context. And like, I don't know what I'll do if ever, any of my friends ever get hot parents. I guess I'll just be confused. Um, because <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, it, it's not. It, I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah. Whew, okay. So, I mean, I, I do think that in Romero's eyes, maybe that was a moment where. Because his mother is very, the mother character is very repressed in the beginning of the film. And she's being hit with all of these kind of outside energies that are opening her up to sexual. Opening her up all right. (laughs) (laughs) 
that she's never uh, felt before, I guess. But like, <laughs> but it was just a weird. There's other ways to do that, dude. Like other ways. Yeah. Other ways. <laughs> And because it's so over the top, she was just like rolling around, rolling, rubbing herself. And her daughter is having like the loudest orgasms outside of porn. The loudest like, and longest. Ah, I was ah. like, this girl is going to be numb for days. Right? Right? I it was, was like, six she, minutes. <laughs> I was like, if it's if it's that good and it's that fun, like you need to go into your mama's house because y'all need to be doing this more often. Um, <laughs> so. I'm going to rewind it just a little bit. <laughs> My notes are in like chronological order of the film. What was this opening? I knew I was going to be confused by this film from the first 10 minutes because I was like, this woman's dreams are wild. So she's walking through the trees or cutting her up and her the husband, I'm assuming it's the husband, is walking in front of her. He's fine. But she's like, pow, pow, pow. These limbs are just knocking her out. Then there's a baby some for some reason. And then there's like a wolf, I think. It just, I was like, what is happening? I don't understand. <laughs> and then it's a dream. And I'm like, okay, I still don't understand, but at least it was a dream. When the leash came out, I was like, we have made a choice. Because <laughs> he, she was in the car and I was like, what? It was all weird. It was all weird. I was like, did we just drop into the middle of a cult? Is that when we open this fucking movie? <laughs> and then she's in the car and all of a sudden there's a leash and her husband's like popping her in the face which becomes a theme later <laughs> and then leads her like a little doggy with a leash. And I was like, this is very confusing, abusive and sexual. And I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. That's, that's all I could say about this movie is I just, I don't know. Again, that that dream specifically stands out because, like, it was just so wild, and it was at the top. It was literally just like, "Hey, you're in for some weird '70s art house possible pornography. Get ready, get sick, we on it." And uh, all of <laughs> all of her other dreams and nightmares were also a little bit sexual, like this intruder that kind of break into her home. <laughs> I I I was like, "Ma'am, lady, I feel like you have a fantasy. You should talk to your husband." Like he likes to hit you, so maybe y'all can like combine those two hobbies, and you can I, get your best life. I, I want to ask you this because I was not convinced that that husband was being faithful because he ain't never there when she goes to bed, and then he, when she wakes up having a nightmare and magically he's there. So like I was, where 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 are you? Like I understand it says in the top of the show of the movie that he is invested in his job, but like I'm invested in my job. But when I get off at 3.30, my ass goes home. Like, again, though, this was the 70s. And so it was back when the men went to work and the women stayed home and cleaned and waited for the men with homemade dinners. Yes, and, and so the men were having sex with their secretaries. So Yes, yes, that's the way of the world. And so I feel like <laughs> that's part of the reason why she has this feeling of restlessness is because she's just like, I don't want to do this, but this is all we know because it's the 70s. And who am I to ask for more until another 50 years from now? <laughs> and then I'll be laughing anyways. Right. <laughs> so she made her casserole and she like rolled around listening to her daughter have sex. And that's how she lived. <laughs> until she was like, fuck it, I'm gonna have sex. Greg, get over here. She was like, give me my witchcraft books. <laughs> I want to have an orgasm. And I got to bring magic into the world to do that. <laughs> like, what is that existence? 
orgasm without contacting the dark arts. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, I just. Uh, At what point you just get a divorce? <laughs> please. What's but the nightmares are my favorite part. They were the only parts right? that kind of worked. That's when I felt we were in an actual horror movie because I was like, oh no, what's going to happen? And then she'd wake up. And I would be like, I want to go back to that. I mean, I, I'm here for the themes of feminism as told by George Romero, but also I I would rather stay here in the spooky situation and see what your dreams are telling me about you. See, I don't, I, you're probably going to say we already have this with Love Witch, but like, I kind of wish we could have seen this movie done by a woman because like, I'm all, I'm here for the comment on, on women and sexuality and aging and like, aging out of your quote-unquote prime, which is bullshit, but, like, that's what people say. You know, I'm here to explore that and criticize that and, like, unpack that a little bit, but I'm just not sure that these are the right hands to handle it. Um, I, I would have... be curious to see, like, his full his full vision before the producer, because you know my thoughts about fucking producers and company and, uh, are, you know, coming in and cutting shit out. But still, I don't even with its handling of women in other films, I, I just don't think his hands might not be the right ones to tell the story. I always say we need more women making movies and it's a problem and it always has been and it seems to still be an ongoing situation. Like here we are today in the month of June in the year of our Lord Regina King 2021 <laughs> and the studios have not mentioned Nia DaCosta's Candyman in how many months? I saw that tweet, yes. Mm hmm how many months? Because I've been saying it and then like somebody else said, and hopefully that goes viral. So somebody remembers that we have a movie coming out we're excited for. Right, <laughs> um, right. And again, like how many other movies are coming out by women directed this year that are like mainstream going to actually like get any publicity, let alone forgotten well, publicity? It's like how much publicity did Promising Young Woman get before it came out and everyone loved it when it came out. I... Let's have her. Who, who, what was her name who did Promising Young Woman? Oh, Fennel. Yeah, let's have her do a remake of this film and I'll watch it. I would actually watch the fuck out of that. But also, <laughs> I would watch it with a black femme director. That too. I'm down for that too. Inter intersectionality is a thing that we do not discuss in Hollywood, which is why shit keeps failing because they'll be like, we checked this one box so everybody else fuck you. And it's like, so you're just going to like waste all these people of color in your movie and they're not going to say anything? Cool, cool, cool. Cool. So I think well, that, and there, there were no people of color in this film. No, it's the seventies. <laughs> we didn't exist. Like... We didn't exist in the seventies. We just sprang up last year. What? <laughs> um, I, uh, mm, I, I just always want more films to direct witchcraft movies because witchcraft is inherently a feminist situation yes. because of the way it's handled. Like. Yes. It just is. Unfortunately, we don't get a lot of like in between. It's always this is a very feminist thing, and I it's it's the way it's coded. And so, like when men do it, there's damage done. Even though <laughs> I get that it was the '70s and George Romero is an amazing director, I I just feel like this would have been better served by a fan. Um, <laughs> as anyone anyone listening out there, if you have a film that we don't that I'm not aware of, because there's plenty of them out there. Um, that is a witchcraft film directed by a woman. Don't tell us Love Witch. We've already watched it. We covered it. If you missed that, 
So just scroll on down and read that and listen to that interview. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, tell me another one because I want to watch them because I really enjoy them. Because, yeah, it's a feminist. Craft Legacy which, was directed by a woman. And I'm one of the few people that didn't hate that movie. It wasn't that great, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, had, it. It had some good moments, and I think it's because it was a woman director. I feel like we definitely need to we need to like figure out how to squeeze that into the next couple of seasons because like even our witchcraft month it was all dudes, and it showed Rob Zombie. It fucking showed. Oh, <laughs> so I'm not gonna rehash that because again, that's an old episode you can find. But I feel like the more we can get non-cis straight white men to direct more witchcraft movies, the better the world will be. Yeah, let's have a witchcraft film that explores queerness and like how that deals with feminism. And so, yeah, the intersectionality in that. Here for it. Let's do some more. Yeah, because <laughs> Sin- again, your right, right. Because again, like witchcraft is inherently feminist, and like it was used as a metaphor. Uh, going back to Buffy, even though I know we have to let Whedon go. Um, between Tara and Willow, because that's one of the things that made that relationship exciting is because you were bringing in the witchcraft element and using it as a metaphor so the WB wouldn't be like, are these lesbians? And so, <laughs> and so that's how you got away with it. And I I feel like there's fun to be had. And I feel like we need the right directors at the helms. And I don't know why that can't happen. Unlike everything else, I don't know can't happen. I feel like this is an easy fix. To just like be like, hey, witchcraft. Where are the three women directors we talk to? Because <laughs> we're Hollywood, we can only have three people at a time. Um, so yeah, and just start there, and hopefully it'll trickle down to the rest of the people soon in my lifetime. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> I. <laughs> I just, I need to like talk about the costumes because they're extra and I kind of love them. Like the yeah. friend in the bejeweled jumpsuit. That Every, shit glowed in the dark. <laughs> everything about this film was so, everything visually specifically was so quintessential 70s. And you just have to, I love that about it. I loved the visuals. I loved uh, the costuming, the set pieces, the props that part yes i'm all here for also her sexy house coat she puts on which invites the man who balled her daughter over um <laughs> she put on a fucking sexy house coat hey, i guess she knew he did it well so <laughs> listen if you want the job done get somebody you have recommendations for her daughter was a fucking yelp <laughs> the original yelp <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to buy that for myself and welcome right? people into my home. <laughs> right? Like, and her makeup, the eye makeup, like while we're on costumes, the eye makeup was that like thick. That was everywhere. It was thick. Like, I had I had makeup in my eye just looking at them. I was like, oh no. <laughs> That's so 70s. It is so 70s. Like Dynasty. Oh my God. How much money did they spend on hairspray and makeup? Right? No, elegant pantsuits and makeup. Like, I I always want to see people's hands after they slap the person because you know it's just like a palm of makeup. It's just like... But that shirt, have you seen that shirt that people wear that's like, it has Tammy Faye Baker like, <laughs> it's like Tammy Faye hugged me or something like that. 
Yeah, if you want to see quintessential 70s makeup, you just Google Tammy Faye Baker, and you there, there she is in all her glory, which, love her, R.I.P. I just, I, I wanted to, like, visit the costumes. And again, very, very 70s, and totally. very, very retro. And I'm not going to lie, I would try on some of them. I wouldn't go in public in them, because, like, that decade has passed for reasons. <laughs> you need them for a costume party. Right? Like, the daughter's jeans, her pockets were, like, this pale white, but her jeans were, like, blue jeans. So you had to look at her ass. You had to. Right. Because she turned around, and you're like, are those pockets or what? It's like, those are pockets. <laughs> and I was like, but I, why? Why? And again, 70s and slightly porn vibes. Um. <laughs> slightly? Um, slightly. A little, so, a hint of porn. A dash. Just a um, dash. <laughs> Mrs. Dash. Like, so the scene I want to talk about, and this is the scene, like, yeah, I, I was oogged out when she was, like, getting off to her daughter having sex, but the scene that I was kind of, like, cringy with was the scene with Greg and the daughter and the mom and the mom's friend and the pot. I want to lock a pot. <laughs> and, like, okay, I just, A, he was going to give her that pot without her knowing, so he was going to drug this woman. That's fucked up. B. It was a cigarette he was pretending it was pot to fuck with her. Oh, but I thought he put stuff in it. He fucked up a cigarette and twisted it so it looked like pot. That's why they were trying to stop him very passively. Because uh, he was okay. like, no, let's get it. And they're like, it's going to fuck with her mind. And she probably tell her friend that wasn't real drugs. But her friend was like, you don't know. I'm an overactor. You don't know. <laughs> and so that's what was happening. Okay. Well, either way, fucked up. Uh, and then, But she's like, kind of on top of him and then kind of not on top of him and he's like playing with her and I was just, I, I, it was uh. I, I, that scene, first off um, Joni and her daughter whose name I literally just forgot because I'm great with names um, were like, don't do it you shouldn't do it, don't do it and he was like, come on it's gonna, it's gonna blow with her mind I'm gonna turn her on and he makes the cigarette into a fake joint and the woman comes in and hits it and it is immediately like, let me be extra silly because I feel this placebo. And I'm just like, how long is this thing going to go on? Oh. Too long. And, and then I was also like, what pot has this woman ever smoked? Clearly never. None. Because that's not the way you act on pot. Like She just wanted attention, which is why she went along with the fake pot. Because she was like, oh yeah, we're getting stoned. Um, <laughs> I I feel like this scene was improv and nobody edited it. That was even the one the, thing the studio didn't cut. Yeah, because some of the dialogue was even repetitive. She's like, you're putting me on. You're putting me on. And I was like, first off, like, why? Um, <laughs> and they kept repeating their lines in this. And I'm like, are these supposed to be like different sections of a scene or different shots of the same scene? Because I was like, you just said this twice. And you just said that twice. Why are we doing this? Please let me go. And then she shifted to like, oh, 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 I see something over there. Come get me. And I was like, and and that's when her friend who I this lead was very I don't I don't understand the direction she was given because it's one of the moments where she was just like it wasn't real <laughs> and I was like so are we not acting anymore are we just like tired want to go home <laughs> she was like it's not real I'm dead faced 
And she's like, no, no, you don't know. It was real. Otherwise, it's a fog. And she's like, well, it must be a fog. (laughs) (laughs) That, yeah, that scene was rough. Rough, 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 rough. I also thought it was weird the way it cut to the woman drinking because Joni was like, what are you drinking? And like the film hopped. It wasn't even like a, a purposeful edit. It didn't feel like it hopped. And she was like, lurk, lurk, lurk. and I was like, um, choices? <laughs> uh, while we're back to that night, I just want to say that after the daughter runs away, because after being caught having sex and yelling at her mother about it, she decides to run away. And the next day, this woman, Joni, tells her therapist about it. And her therapist is like, kids went away. Have you seen the statistics? And then it cuts to her home, her son, and her husband, who's like, so you didn't know how to handle our daughter getting bald, so you just listened? Really, Joni? And he pops her in the face twice, and they don't just they just go and go talk to the detectives. And I'm like, that's a divorce. He just hit you in your face twice in the real world, not in your dream world anymore. That's a divorce and assault charges. I'm sorry. Listen. Listen. And I, I get that it was the 70s that people just like beat their wives because their wives are property. But also, could we not do it in film? And I get that it's like art is supposed to show a mirror in theater and film is supposed to show a mirror to society. And there's a way to do that. You need a woman there to do it to, to do it though. <laughs> like this was not it because it was never no. given away. It was tossed away like mm-hmm. some lines were. It was just like pop, pop, and then let's go to the next scene. It's like, no, once you assault a person, especially in the fucking face, that's a conversation we need to be having. We need to like have some repercussions at some point. Well, there were repercussions, but it came later. Uh, and it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> Choices. So, okay. Once she has, like, bought into the whole witch thing. Like, she's signed up, signed, still delivered. She's theirs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I know she has a book. Like, I, I get that. But there was never a scene of her, like, studying said book. She just magically knows, bing, I need this and this and, like, a shopping list. And, like... Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was like, how does she know all this? <laughs> I wish I could learn lines that way, but I, mm, I'm ready okay. for off book day. <laughs> <laughs> she was literally just like, I, because again, like when I went to go see the witch, because they, again, on these house, I was like, so it's a witch. And so when her and her friend go to see the witch, she's afraid to interact with the witch. She's like, I just want to watch. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> And then, like, somehow from that, she was like, I, I, I'm going to be a real witch. I'm going to really do this. And they <laughs> give her decided. a fucking... They give her a fucking 10-minute scene shopping where they play Season of the Witch, which I didn't know was a real song. I, um, Way to be yeah. meta. Because <laughs> right. he kept saying, was, Season of the Witch. And I was like, what is happening? I wonder if it was written for the movie. I hope so. I was afraid to Google. Um, <laughs> but... After she's done shopping for 10 minutes, because I was like, is this where the movie ends? What is happening here? The guy ringing her up keeps playing 20 questions with her. And I was like, good sir, this is not customer service. You don't <laughs> you don't try and like ask people questions they don't want to answer when you need to get their money. Like I, I know my customer service days were few, uh, <laughs> but like that's, that's textbook, right? <laughs> right, I think. It's a real song, and I don't think it was written for the movie. It's called "Season of the Witch" by Donovan. It sounded like Donovan, but I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to know. Yep. Anyway, 
<laughs> this is the season of the witch for 10 minutes. Right. It was It was like it was like in the Scooby Doo commercials where like they start running and so they play a song for like 18 minutes. And I'm like, that's half your episode. So okay. The end, when she shoots her husband, halfway kind of thinking he's a devil because of a dream sequence or whatever. And then he's laying there dead, and the cops are talking over him, and they say, women, they take it all from us. They get it all in the end. And I was just like, that's kind of gross. And also, not true. A lot of the times, women are screwed over. Um... Especially in the whole marriage game, let's be real. Especially because this was the 70s, so women couldn't even have bank accounts. Boom. They couldn't own property. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like, what was she going to do now? Right. Like, you had to get your husband permission to breathe, basically, in society. And so, like, I I think that I'm hoping that was sarcasm and it was just kind of like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. This is a feminist movie. <laughs> this is how men are talking and thinking. Well, and it to- I mean, it, it did feel like things I would hear, you know, you heard cisgendered straight white men typically say. It just, I don't know why it needed to be there. It didn't add anything. It just made me feel gross. It made me be like, no, maybe you all just need to be shot. I, I feel like it was kind of there just to sort of be like, some of y'all might be lost. So let's refocus this a bit. Um, because like one of my notes is I'm not sure what I saw, but I might be into it, kind of, sort of. Because <laughs> uh, mm. <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's 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 like it's like one of those things that hits you in your taste buds and you're confused. <laughs> but you don't spit it out, but you also don't to you chewing. You're just kind of like, oh, mm, mm. <laughs> I would be interested to see slash read or whatever the original version before the studios got a hold of it. Maybe it was more clear or maybe it was more succinct. I think it was more porn. <sighs> well, that doesn't help it. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't, I mean, again, the 70s were a wild time, so people were just doing shit. Like, there's a good section of 70s movies that feels like somebody grabbed a camera and some friends and started, like, zooming in and out and sideways and crookedly. And I'm like, I'm nauseous. <laughs> right. It was also a time of sexual liberation, and so people thought a lot of things were artistic um, that are just confusing and naked. Well, and I'm not opposed to, like, sexuality in film, clearly, right. but, like, it just needs to serve a purpose. And in this one, it kind of did. The actual sex that was in this film was not the part that I was like, why is this here? It was almost everything else. For something that was supposed to originally be a porn, it, it was not a super sexy situation. We got hints of sexual attention and we heard people having sex in the next room. And like her and that professor got it on a couple times on the floor, but it wasn't just like, I we have seen so many more pornographic movies. Like every time Sherry Moon Zombie is on my screen, she's naked with some sort of prop Rob wanted to see her with. And I feel like that's more pornographic than this. 
yeah. It just when there was nudity though, it felt weird because again, Joni's boobs. Joan has to go to a room and get naked, which we all do. But like she would do it, lay on bed so you couldn't see anything, and then would cut to the next scene. Like, what are these for? <laughs> Why for? Yeah. Oh, and that weird dream she had where it was like a hotel and she was staying there and Greg, the professor, was like the handyman that did everything and et cetera. But she doesn't usually ask for et cetera. So she doesn't get the et cetera. But if you want the et cetera. So I was like, she's already sexy dreaming about this man. That's when I was like, is this going to be a porno? Especially because like the man leading her around was like, and in case you get ideas, because you might need more ideas. I'm like, we're about to watch a porno. And <laughs> Shutter's giving us porn. Um, and then it was like, dude, 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 back to the real world. And I was like, girl, your dreams are going to get us in trouble. Because I can't I can't roll in here with a horror porn. <laughs> I say fuck now, way too much for us to do both. We <laughs> have now we have now covered horror dramas, horror <laughs> comedies, and horror porno. Pornos. Right? <laughs> um, which is a genre we didn't know needed to exist. But apparently it did. <laughs> And they were mostly in the 70s. Um, <laughs> my my last note is something we've sort of talked about lightly the entire way, which is the wallpaper, the furniture, and the general 70s of it all were just such eye candy. Like, her red wallpaper in the stairwell, I, I was kind of obsessed with it. it. It shouldn't exist, and it doesn't work, but I could not look away from it when she was being haunted by her intruders. You, you know, part of me loves it like i love the gaudiness and like the idea and this is it goes with the vibe of the 70s with the sexual revolution and everything is bigger and better and sexier and con and like the contrast like black and red yeah. you know it's not like an accent wall that's just a shade off of my other brown color like <laughs> yeah yeah no they went for it they there's something about 70s fashion and style and architecture that is it, it, you can't look away. You can't look away. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I would like see like 70s shit, like orange couches and shag rugs and like movies and yes, stuff. And I was like, oh. rugs. and I, I don't want to own any of it, but I do want to just like play in it. Like if there's an Airbnb or something and there is like art deco of the 70s, I would give that a pretty sort of money to stay there for a couple of days. Yes, yes. I don't know. I might rock that wallpaper she had. Just for like, maybe that's the accent wall, you know, like a touch of it. But like in the 70s, it was like, look at this wall. Right? Every wall is a statement wall. <laughs> <laughs> because like her house was just like, it, it, I felt like I was on an adventure. I was like, what else are we going to see in here? What else are we going to see in there? I, I would never want to go back to the 70s because I like have an agency in my own bank account. But I would like to revisit some of these wallpapers and patterns in the clothes even because like these were not the best 70s costumes I've seen because I've seen a lot of 70s stuff. Um, but some of them were very much like this a conversation, like that bedazzled jumpsuit. I I would try it on in my own apartment and then send it back. Right, right. And some of Greg's costumes, I was like, that's cute. Look at you when you're a little striped button down. Right? A very young professional. That's where that like silver fox at Harvard comes from. Is those professors who were vaguely older and their little like sports coats with the weird elbow pads. And now I feel like I'm overshadowed about my own stuff and we should talk about Joni's stuff. So I'm gonna like <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I get it. 
I get it. The 70s were a wild, crazy time. And the 80s didn't get any less crazy. <laughs> Listen. If anything, the 80s said, here, they, hold my beer. The 80s were like, get everybody some shoulder pads. And I was like, but why? And they're like, I said, get everybody shoulder pads. <laughs> but we're going to keep that blue eye shadow. We're going to keep that blue eye shadow. At least till 88. And feather that hair. Because that's going to work for everybody. Feathered hair and blue eyeshadow. Yes, feathered hair. Vera Fossil, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. I said R.I.P. like four times this episode. Anyway. (laughs) All right, shall we get into some hot takes? (laughs) Yes. My hot take should not be a hot take, but I know for some people out there it will be. This is a much better season of The Witch than that Halloween abomination. That's the tweet. Argue with your mothers. Um, <laughs> this is better than that. And I don't even know what I saw and if I liked it here, but I know it's better than that. <laughs> I will agree and I know I didn't like this. Um, and I think I think it honestly just boils down to the fact that the Halloween season of The Witch, not only did it like so we're used to Michael Myers in the first two films and this third film it takes away Michael Myers and then it gives us witchcraft without any femininity so it's like and without any real witchcraft (laughs) right it's all about a chip and a mask I don't know anyway right (laughs) which which I think I, I think it's really cool to kind of blur the lines between magic and technology and like what that means and there's a lot of things that shows and movies that have done that but they didn't do it well all right pg calendar and josh whedon's career <laughs> someone else needs to take the mantle anyway um my hot Listen. take <laughs> my hot take is when visuals take priority the plot and characters suffer the visuals should support the overall storytelling not fight for attention and in this film they fought for attention and nine times out of ten, they got it. Because I did not... The plot was... I, I, the characters just wanted to fuck. I, that, like, I, I respect I, that. I respect, <laughs> we're about to come out of a panini. I respect that. <laughs> Make your intentions clear. <laughs> Fair. But in a show, in a play, in a movie, I need more than that. I need to be invested. And I was not invested in any of these characters. Uh, that's fair. I was not invested so much as I, I felt like I was observing something I could not look away from. Um, <laughs> it's one of those situations. I, mean, I think the only character I was even slightly invested in was the professor who was screwing a student, which is terrible. But at least he was the one that was like, I just like sex, and that's what I want to do, and I have no shame about it. He was definitely just trying to be like, look, Boomer. Well, actually, I guess he's the boomer. I don't, I'm he bad at math. Boomer now. He's probably the boomer, but like, she was his boomer for our boomer of that? Okay, so let me try and like explain this, because math is bad. <laughs> I feel like she was his version of the boomer, and so he was just like, sexual liberation, we all do what we want. It's free love. We don't do labels of commitment. And she was like, I am shocked. I am aghast. Will you come over later? Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, he was definitely like because I'm a huge fan of the '60s, and he was definitely like the carryover of the '60s character with like the free love and the we're just gonna have, and like they took it a little too far because like there needs to be boundaries here. You're a professor, don't screw your students. But like, <laughs> but yeah, he was definitely like the '60s sexual rebel or sexual freedom kind of free love carryover into the '70s sexual revolution. Yeah, no, I I was not, I I was not confused by what he wanted because <laughs> he was just chaotic um, in a little, little jackets. He wanted sex and he was straight up about it. This is what I want. As Cardi B says, if it's up, then it's up. <laughs> it's up. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> That is the season of the witch by Romero. Uh, next up, we're still sticking with Romero. Hopefully, it's a, a little bit better. Fingers crossed. I'm sure it will be because it's the classic Night of the Living Dead, which I have never seen. So, I have not seen it since I was a child. Which back when I was a child, I was not ready to have the conversations it needs to have. So, I'm excited to run at this and be like, woohoo! Um, <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. that was so that was playing on Thursday, June tenth at six thirty. So that's what we're covered. And Which was my birthday. So a special gift to me. I see you, Shutter TV. Thanks, girl. What? <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's what we're covering next week. Awesome. Well, I guess we should just go ahead and say thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you so much for listening and. Uh, uh, stay tuned for more summer programming as we continue through and get excited summer for season randos. three. Summer random. Sorry. We're not doing that anymore. We're not going to get sued. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine who's calling the people from Greece? <laughs> Can the, you imagine the headline? The country? Greece sues small podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she always wanted to be a pink lady and now she's in the clink. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye.